calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Hi, thanks so much for joining us in the Take 15 series. I'm Will Ortel from the content team here at CFA Institute. I'm sitting here with Ashby Monk, who's an all-around nice guy and uh, executive director of the Global Project Center at Stanford and a senior advisor to the University of California system. Uh, one of my most vivid memories is being almost laughed out of a tech conference for saying the word fintech in 2012. Um, and you know, now it's we hear commonly about new records in fintech funding. Um, and you were ahead a lot of your time. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But you know, I, I, it's natural to ask. You know, there's a lot of hyperbole and a lot of hype. Um, are there natural limits to the sorts of disintermediation and disruption that we could see? Like, wh what elements of the existing financial system are fundamentally durable? That's a great question. I mean, like, if I if you could let me answer it in an easier way, which is <laughs> to say, what do I think is um, you know going the way of the dodo? Uh, you know, you think about the things in your life that you trust technology to solve. I mean, at this point, I don't know, huge proportion of adults meet their spouses online thanks to an algorithm or thanks to a piece of technology. I mean, the idea that we're not applying that same type of technology to sourcing deals or managers to me is odd. I mean, I think that's an inevitable disruption in which technology will replace some of the brokers, bankers, placement agents, what have you. In terms of the, the sort of safe space, I think anything that demands very complicated and uncertain analyses will persist. But even in those domains, um, I expect our jobs will shift. Uh, our sort of relationships will shift. We've spent 50 years thinking about how we write um, you know, contracts with asset managers, both implicit and explicit. Many of us have sort of forged relational contracts with asset managers if we're a pension fund. Um, and we're going to spend the next few decades figuring out how we write those same types of contracts with technology providers. How do you develop a relational technology with a machine, a relational contract with a machine? And how do you embed some signal from some artificially intelligent program into your investment decision-making process. Now, there are certain asset managers that are doing those types of jobs today. We call them hedge funds. But 10 years from now, that's going to be pretty mainstream. Gotcha. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that kind of comes out of, this is a little bit newsy now, you know, as we, as we speak, you know, I'm not sure where <laughs> the stock of Lending Club is, but yesterday it was down 30-odd yeah, percent. 30. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, but, one imagines that a lot of the issues that have sent that stock down might not necessarily be so much of a thing if a sovereign fund was doing it directly, right? You know, the, and I mean, how long is it until we see, um, you know, the folks who have permanent capital bases use that to kind of, you know, create their own, you know, fintech disruptive disruptors? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the, the big long-term investors, um, 
are interested in direct lending programs. I mean, that, that is a popular thing today among the pensions and sovereign funds that I talk to. I mean, the, the, the very platform that you mentioned, one of its biggest investors is a family office, maybe one of the biggest in New York. So, you know, I think um, there are big pools of long horizon capital out there that are taking a hard look, but you're right. I mean, the, the scale of the opportunity has not yet met the scale of the demand. And until that does, the pension funds, the sovereign funds aren't going to spend all that much time and effort developing a plan or a policy or a strategy to go after these new um, lending platforms. So there's sort of a chicken and an egg thing. We need more capacity, we need more origination, we need it more standardized, we need the data to be better uh, for the big guys to really swoop in. And I think, frankly, the data is a big part of it. You know, the lending club thing that happened yesterday, you know, I don't know what's happening today with you know, the guy stepped down, but how much of that is just a data issue? You know, from my understanding, between all the different platforms, there's no standards. Many of them underwrite in different ways. You know, so if you're a long-term investor looking at 25 different platforms, how do you assess, how do you compare loans off of SoFi versus loans off a lending club? You know, what is a, um, you know, a securitization from one of those platforms compared to another one? And then the, the rating agencies haven't helped matters by being a little bit um, hard to read. You know, mm -hmm. they changed some of the ratings on some uh, securitized bonds recently. Gotcha. Yeah. And the, I mean, when we were coming over here, you, you mentioned that, like, uh, we were talking about the development of financial technology and kind of the path that it's gone through. And you mentioned that a lot of past development has been, uh, you know, along the faster axis. Yeah. Uh, what's the other axis that, that we can develop along? Well, it's an, I mean, it's, it's fun, actually. I mean, this is where being a, an academic um, allows you sort of the freedom to go and, like, look at history. And the, the first kind of investment technology was Babylonian, and it was um, clay tablets. And they would take these reed stylus and they would literally carve pricing data for like cardamom and other spices. And they would correlate these prices with the um, flow through and depth of the Euphrates River. And so from that moment, you have pretty interesting inferential depth, as in, we can infer quite a few things about what's happening with the river and what's happening with the price and learn things, but not a very fast technology. You can't carry it around, it's stuck. How do you share it with people? Does it sit in a room? Um, since that time, most of the investment-related technology, and this is on a relative basis because some has focused on the inferential depth, as in insight, most has been focused on speed. So you went from the Babylonian tablet, then you went into the, you know, things like, and there's been plenty in between, but things like pigeons, carrier pigeons. So obviously you're not going to, you know, get the depth of knowledge that you would get on a tablet flying around on the back of a pigeon. You can't put a book on there. So now you're constrained by what fits in that little circular thing on the back of a pigeon. And you're also constrained by the reality that your pigeon may get blown out of the air. Who knows? But from those times moving forward, you went through pigeons, you went through the telegraph, then you started moving into digital circuitry, and then you sort of move into the, the present day where we seem to be sort of bound on the speed side by, um, you know, physics and the speed of light. Mm -hmm. But as we get stronger and stronger computing powers, um, the other side of the equation, which is inference, is starting to emerge as like the great 
leveler. So you know we've had basically 4,000 years of investment-related technology getting faster and faster and faster, faster to the answer, faster to the market, whatever you need, it's about speed. And now it's gonna be about understanding. So the example that I'm using in my talk today actually comes from some of the insights that came out of this AlphaGo event where Google's um, artificially intelligent Go player created an entirely new move. And it sort of was one of the big, um, big semantic uh, developments, as in deep understanding of the game. This isn't a move that was sort of pulling from the history books. This was a move that the computer was saying, I think I understand this game, and I'm going to do this. And it was right. Yeah. That's a really big and interesting development um, that sort of augurs an entirely new type of financial technology around understanding. Yeah. It's not just us you know, brute forcing answers by running as many simulations or as many, you know, cycles as we can. Mm -hmm. Now it's about, you know, do you get what you're doing here? And are you smarter than me? Yeah. In the case of Go, the answer is yes. Yeah, and it, my understanding is that it, Lee Sedol is now playing uh, just a much better and uh, different game after after having right. lost to Alpha. I think he's undefeated since. since I don't. <laughs> are you a big Go player? Uh, some, uh, I, I'm a terrible Go player, but the, but yeah, the you know he he sort of the, that beautiful move you talked about. Mm. You know, he's incorporated it into his game, which you know augurs kind of some elements of kind of the man machine, totally cyborg. You know, which yeah. is kind of the. I mean. It, maybe we should close by talking about, you know, there's this long discussion, like, I think there's a 48% probability that personal financial advisors will go away altogether mm. by 2030, according mm. to a government agency. I'm not sure which. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's a, that is a much hyped storyline. Yeah. Um, do you see that as a thing that, it, that has, you know, a high, prob like, a high probability of happening? It's, I was literally thinking to myself the other day, it's almost as if we're like, in the process of negotiating a trade deal with robots. Like, how, who, who's gonna be displaced? How are we gonna retrain them? Like, how is this all gonna work, right? Yeah, because yeah. there's like a whole new uh, virtual space that now we're like negotiating with and trying to figure out mm -hmm. how do we work together. Yeah. And, you know, in the context of, um, you know, the future financial analysts, I think, yeah, I, I think there's gonna be retraining that's needed. Yeah. And, and I kind of see it in two domains. I think. Too many people focus purely on the technology. I, th I think that's important, but I really think there's two sides to like a strong future as a you know financial analyst, investor, whatever, banker. And that is understand the technologies that are coming. You don't need to produce the technologies, but you need to be a pro user of the technologies, right? You need to really understand how you can apply it in different contexts. I mean, think about how much time we all spent learning Excel I mean, when I was a young guy, I mean, it was like, how much Excel can you do without touching your mouse? Yep. That was the thing, mm -hmm. right? So that was like, you're the pro Excel jock. Well, similar types of mentalities are going to need to emerge on the new technologies. You know, like, how are you using this new artificial intelligence, you know, regression platform? You know, how are you using this evolutionary algorithm in the context of public markets? Whatever it is, right? You need to be very focused on understanding the tech. At the same time, you need to realize that tech plugs into a social environment, as in a pension fund, an asset manager, a bank, a broker, whatever it is, there is a um, you know, computer science solution that's trying to be plugged into a social science problem, 
which is, you know, how do we make this organization function more effectively? How do, you know, all of these issues are the marrying of the social and the computer. And so I do think there's, there's a real focus on the technology, but there's also needs to be a sense of how are, how are these technologies changing us and the way that we should be operating. It's obviously going to change the way we access markets. It's going to change the way we interface with our asset managers. We're going to have a better sense of risk, uncertainty. Hopefully we'll have a better understanding of the fees and costs that we're being charged, where those fees and costs are astounding or crazy. Maybe we'll have a new access point altogether. So I think all of these dynamics are now in flux as the technologies get better and better. Gotcha. Well, th thank you so much, Ashby, for hey, joining us. Thanks for, this. for having me. And thank you also for spending time with us in the Take 15 series. Uh, we look forward to giving you more great conversations in the years to come. Thanks so much. Copyright 2016 CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.